and you try and backflip it live on air. Yeah, well, I'd, and then I re-backflipped it. A re-backflip? <laughs> yeah, it's a forward flip. Is that a front flip? <laughs> Welcome to the Empire Dynasty League podcast. We're up to 13 episodes now. Who would have thought that we would uh, be organised enough to do this 13 times, but here we are again. So back as always, I I fail to always introduce myself. So if you've been listening 13 times and have no idea who I am, my name's Ben. I uh, will be hosting again today and I bring you the smooth tones of Christopher Keane. How are you, mate? Good, mate. Uh, good to see you got around yourself. About time. Um, another little Sunday sesh for us here today, Hod. How are you doing, mate? Very good, yes. It's the Halloween special, we'll call it. Um, <laughs> it's a Sam Darnold special. Seeing <laughs> ghosts. Oh, seeing ghosts. I like it. He, yes, uh, he might get mentioned a bit today. There, are, there might be some scary propositions after this week for some sides. Absolutely. Well, uh, you can give us a shout out on Twitter and Instagram. We are at EDL pod. It's great to see more and more people jumping on and signing up to that Instagram account and just seeing the lovely little memes that come through all. Uh, they're pretty much just an extension of the digs that we have on this podcast here. But uh, if you want this podcast to turn into a week long dig fest, then jump on there and get involved. Every newsman in this city is laughing at us. And I don't like it. And with some news this week, it was uh, a bit hard to come up with some news. There hasn't been a lot of big items like there has been in previous weeks. But sort of when we're looking around, there's some very fishy and strange injury news coming out at the moment. And uh, with trade period coming up and looming, I wonder whether there are teams that are just positioning themselves to uh, offload a player or bring a player in. And that's why there's a little bit... um, lack of news going around in in terms of players health and things like that mt michael thomas another strange one he's back at practice uh but then being ruled out and it's just a very very strange situation this year and i keeney as a saints fan and manny listening out there who drafted him with his number one pick this year who would have been hoping for far more than nothing out of him how uh, how are you feeling right now as a saints fan keeney uh, obviously not great, to be honest. I mean, um, obviously an integral part of the, the Saints offense and, you know, there's all sorts of rumours flying around at the moment of, around why he's not playing. Um, he's obviously had that incident during the year um, where, he, where he had an incident at training. Um, was that where someone's there's, head, head butted his <clears> fist? He got in the way. Yeah, yeah, he got in the way of his fist, which was unfortunate. But there's, there's all sorts of rumours going around with the whole Breeze thing at the start of the year. Um, with what he said and obviously he was one of the uh, main guys kind of standing up for that and and there's there's rumors going around that he hasn't still kind of holding on to that and um, which is fair enough I suppose but the more and more he sits out given that he might be kind of ready to play um, the more and more you worry about it I hope they don't trade him as a Saints fan because I think he's obviously an extremely talented player and we need him Um, but with the trade deadline coming up, we'll, we'll soon find out. Mm. Well, he's just uh, he's slotting himself nicely into a long line of top-flight wide receivers <clears throat> in the NFL who absolutely lose their marbles. Um, I think just about all of us have had one of them on our team and watched them just 
absolutely lose their shit. Odell Beckham can mind for me. Keeney? And the, and it normally happens after they get a monster deal. Yeah. Which is interesting, isn't it? <laughs> what were you gonna say, Hod? Oh no, I was just gonna say that the wide receivers lose their hamstrings at the dingers, not their marbles. <laughs> <laughs> But it is a there's a interesting um, uh, there's, there's a guy on Twitter who details it. But the amount of star players, their production from earning the contract to post contract is startling. It's a it's a vast difference there. So I think there might be something in that, Keeney. Well, it's almost like the motivation thing, isn't it? You those guys that are wanting to play for a contract, they work their ass off to get it. They finally get it, and they almost take the foot off the pedal a little bit. Yeah, where to from there type thing. Yeah, Yeah. well, a bloke who will uh, be hoping to earn himself a huge contract uh, with the upcoming draft. Trevor Lawrence has been ruled out for the season in college. He's come down with COVID. uh, Has just made it another interesting sort of space to watch in the college football world with, you know, some conferences not playing at all this year. It's going to make the draft just an interesting... Uh, spectacle to watch how teams evaluate the talent this year, Hod. Well, it's, I just find this one um, a little interesting because the whole thing is tank for Trevor. Team's trying to tank for him, but is he tanking himself out of the number one pick so the Jets don't get a play? Is that what he's doing? Could be. Could be. I, I think no matter what he does, they're still going to take him. And, yeah, uh, you, there's no way <clears throat> I was chatting about this with someone the other day that there's no way that he would opt in for another season of college, even if it's the jets that are taking him. And even if he absolutely doesn't want to go there, just because the the risk of getting injured again, is just not worth your time, especially if you've worked your whole life to get to the NFL and you've poised yourself in this position to be the number one pick. I think he, there's no chance he's not opting in for the draft this year. Uh, We'll move on to the injury news and I'll throw it over to Dr. Hoddick over there who's who's just consulted with all of the medical experts uh, about all the stuff around the NFL. Yes, got the Twitter page out there, yet to come up with a handle, but I'll I'll get there. Um, (laughs) OBJ, uh, obviously the the sad one out of the weekend, he's done his ACL, so he's out for the year and we'll have some more on that one a bit later. Um, The Red Rifle. Dirty play by um, the Washington player there. He's not going to make it. So uh, Don Fanucci, the godfather, he's in. <laughs> so this will be an interesting one. Um, sticking with that game, Dallas got it. He's uh, looking to get off IR this week uh, and straight into the lineup I'm, I'm reading this morning. And also same with Tevin Coleman. That running back carousel <laughs> at the Niners is... A fairly interesting one. They they get one back, they lose one. Um, it just keeps happening every week. So he looks to be set for this week. Um, and the last the last point, we we try not to lose the drafts in the early rounds, but fourteen of the top twenty four skill players will take quarterbacks out. Just a bit less likely to get injured there. But fourteen of the top twenty four drafted this year um, have missed not just one week, but multiple weeks at a minimum this year. So it has been a wretched run for some of the stars of the game. Um, yeah, which is impacting us all. So it's almost like that um, pre-season practice matters and having those Absolutely. reps in the pre-season mm. actually makes a difference. 
I, my takeaway yep. from that is that you've excluded QBs from that list. So is that just proving a point that the people who took QBs early did the right thing? Possibly. I don't know. We can ask you because Lamar's not uh, returning what you'd probably like there, Ben, with the number five pick. Um, he's, he's not, but at least I don't have the headache that some people have at the QB position uh, with yep. a bloke who is just starting every week. So it'll be, uh, yeah. Anyway, we keep bringing up QBs. I'm more just bringing it up tongue-in-cheek because it's going to be a conversation for probably the next five-plus years in this league. Um, we will move on to league news, and there really isn't much other than we just had a message during the week that the DFF, he's now taken to scouting uh, Tua's brother in college. That's, that's where his head's at. Um, he clearly has given up on this season. He's clearly given up on actually taking any note of his own players that he has on his list. And he's just literally looking at anything in college that can throw a football or catch a football or do anything really. It just speaks to the man that he is. He can do it all the DFF. He can drive a factory <laughs> into the ground. He can scout. Uh, he's the general manager. He does it all, this bloke. Good he does. And I heard something the other day when someone was talking about dynasty football and I thought it was the perfect summary. And that is that, Everyone is winning in dynasty football. And I reckon that's the perfect summary because even if you're a crap team that has zero wins like old Owen seven at the factory, he still has it in his head. Oh, well, there's always next year. And then there's the year after. And the, it's just going to be, it's almost like it's going to be stuck on loop, like a bloke going around a carousel. Mm. That's never going to stop. That's going to be the DFF always shit, always hoping for the future, always happy. That's his mm. role in this league. Living in the wonderland where the next Gronk, Cole Komet's floating around. You've got Darnell Mooney's the next Michael Thomas. It's good times down there. Great times down there. Keeney has come to me again and said that he's got some grapevine news. So I'll let you take it away there, mate. This is just a a more broad kind of grapevine. But I'm hearing that the two and five now, I believe... San Diego Demons Camo is almost packing up shop for 2020 here. He's um, he's reached out to a few league members about trying to trade off some of the assets that he does have uh, for, for draft picks this year. So I think he's kind of of that mindset that he's probably unlikely to make the playoffs. Um, and if the listeners were keen just to get a piece of some of Camo's assets, maybe throw a trade his way before the trade, uh, the trade deadline does approach on Friday the 13th. Speaking of Halloween, mm. Friday the 13th is our trade deadline window or our, our final trade day. Um, so, yeah, Camo's got a few nice pieces there. He's willing to kind of offload. So maybe get in touch with him. Some great fine news there. I'll have to check in and see if he's shut up shop for the next three years. So then I can offer him something. <laughs> yeah, not a lot of flexibility in terms of picks your way, Hod. Uh, Players, interesting, interesting. Yeah, that's true. Players. Um, interesting that he is potentially shutting up shop because it probably means that he wants his number one pick back off me. So mm. I'll, uh, I'll wait and see what he has to offer. That's nice news for someone who holds his number one pick to hear that potentially yeah. he's shutting up shop. It is. Um, and I will say I did, I did get in touch with Camo before the pod just to uh, double check that he's okay with me floating that on. And obviously he was, so all clear. Excellent. I know what I'll be doing uh, once this podcast stops recording. (laughs) What was that? I heard something, then I saw something. You didn't hear anything, man. And another week in the books. 
another uh, week where we are closer to seeing this league start to shape up. Um, I started off with the grouse, 167.44. Whew, what a score. They defeated the San Diego Demons, a lowly 114.92. It puts the grouse three and four on the season, drops the Demons to two and five. And we did say in my preview last week that this would be a bit of a turning point for these two seasons. And it's definitely looking that way with the grapevine news there that potentially Camo's looking to sort of sell assets off before the trade deadline. So he might have also seen this as a bit of a turning point. So look, my biggest takeaways is going into the matchup. You had Wentz and Daniel Jones versus Watson and Mahomes. Um, and just on that alone, you would have confidently probably given the nod to the Demons here, but it turned out that Wentz and Jones combined for 48.44 and Watson and Mahomes 36.16. I think uh, could have been Mahomes' lowest fantasy score since he got the start in Kansas City. So once again, not something you'd be hoping for from your number one pick there. And we all know that Camo has sort of built his team around Mahomes and right now not getting the return. So um, probably to add more salt to the wound there for Camo is that his boy, Justin Herbert's just absolutely dominating on my lineup there. And uh, I'm sure Camo, when he wears his Justin Herbert top as he's watching the, the charges every week, that just stings a little bit knowing that he hasn't got him in fantasy. Odd? We're reviewing your game, Ben. It's just <laughs> uncanny ability to get this back on track with your squad here. Yeah, 13-minute mark. I managed to drop in Justin Herbert. <laughs> can, can I just say, I have I did get a text from Camo earlier in the week and we, we, just, we did discuss young Justin. Um, and he did say to me, quote-unquote, you don't want to know how many hours of his highlights I've spent watching this season. <laughs> unquote. <laughs> He's excited. <laughs> can, I, can I just ask, Katie, did you get permission to read that one out on the podcast? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I'm just going with it. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Jesus. All right, we'll keep moving. Uh, look, some, some good signs for Camo, I suppose, was that Kareem Hunt, Terry McLaurin had very nice weeks, um, but it was kind of the rest of his team that let him down, all single-digit type scoring for them. And they really need to lift if he does want to be competitive. Um or it'll be interesting to see if maybe Hunt or McLaurin are some of the people that he's looking to trade out as potential assets. So, um, as, as I said before, someone who has his first round pick, he will be wanting, I'm guessing, to get into that first round. But uh, interesting signs. It's, I guess it's never the ideal thing when you get rid of your first round pick. You, you're doing it on the back of hoping to be competitive and not have to really worry about the fact that you're losing it. So... Look, Keeney's team starting to get back to full strength. His scoring in the last couple of weeks has been very, very nice. I think in the 150-plus range for the last two weeks. Um, so I think that he'll be hoping for the AJ Browns and Kittles and, well, now Wentz and Daniel Jones to be putting up that scoring for weeks to come. So I did predict that this one would be narrow and it Definitely wasn't in the end, but I definitely was on the right side of my prediction here with the grouse. So my next matchup. Oh, sorry, Keeney, go. Oh, I was going to say, where's the cool and the gang celebration music? Oh, it's true. Come I know. On. Give we us a piece um, of it. I don't even know whether there is. Odd, oh, you let us down. Well, that's right. I couldn't I play it, it because a, of Odd. I thought it was only a 3-0 and o week. 
Steve. Yeah, exactly right. And who would have thought that out of the going into this season, out of the three of us, that Keeney and I would be celebrating a victory <laughs> and Hod celebrating a defeat? And I do move on to the Humdingers, who scraped in Ooh. over the 100 mark, 102.44. Defeated by the straight cash homies. Not much better, 104.9. So, puts Hod just dominating on top of his division at four and three. Um, straight cash homies with equal best record in the league, I believe. Or maybe, no, yet five and two is the best record. Um, yeah, it, it, was a, it was a close game, but surprisingly scoring just over 100. I think we anticipated this to be a close game in the 140s, 150 mark. So Cam Newton, post-COVID, he's looking like a shell of himself. Um, and this has got to be alarm bells for you at the moment, Hod. I think unless something changes, you might be looking to that trade deadline to potentially give yourself a bit of backup there. Tim, he actually did quite an incredible job to win here when he's starting three wide receivers combined for 11.4. Um, so if you can do that and pull off a win, that's, you know... Uh, you might, may as well buy a... Actually, no, don't bother buying a lottery ticket because you've already used up your luck there. Kyler Murray's just doing it all for him at the moment. Inspirational pick that he traded up for. He put up a 37.1. And who would have thought, of course it would have happened, that in the week that Kyler Murray was playing against his biggest naysayer in Brody Hoddick, he decides to put up close to a 40-burger just to really drive that dagger in there. Um, I did say that... Tim would get this one done and some hamstrings would be done. Uh, was I close in that prediction there, Hod? Did any of your players do a hamstring this week? No, but the hamstring nemesis, Godwin, did a finger instead. That's true. So he's out again. Literally gave your team the finger and said, enjoy a loss. Um, yeah, so interesting position. I'd imagine that this is a bit of a an anomaly week for the two teams here. I think both these teams will return to some more competitive scoring. It was a bit like that just across the board this week. There are a few teams that did quite well. The majority sort of hovered around that sort of low 100 mark. So we'll move on to the next game, which is a great game this one, Keeney, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a good game. Just on Kyler Murray, number one scorer in fantasy this year, um, 18 points clear of his next rival. So mm. a great, as you mentioned, a great trade-up from Timos uh, in the startup draft there. Uh, moving on to the next game, the Park City Lions... Another little 150 burger here, 150.96, moves to four and three, knocking off Thomas, I mean, the DFF at 95.42. As we know, 0 and 7 there for young Thomas. Um, And there wasn't much, this one really wasn't much of a contest, to be brutally honest. Right from the get go, it was was all the Park City lines, and they were just far too strong. I think once again, the, the QB room is a massive talking point here for the DFF. Um, and I think it's almost time now to admit that, that Darnold's not the answer for his side going forward. It'd be interesting to see, obviously, what the Jets do. They're red-hot favourites to draft Trevor Lawrence. So um, where that puts Darnold, obviously, will be a very interesting talking point. He's getting nothing out of him. He's getting nothing out of Garoppolo. Um, and I just don't think, you know, we'll see a world where that either one of them are going to be that relevant in fantasy in the future which is going to leave the factory in a bit of a hole for a long, long time. And I will say also, both of them are still yet to have their buy. So for a team that um, kind of doesn't really have much QB depth or talent in the, uh, in the, in the room, it's uh, still got to lose a couple of them as well. Can, can you say not much depth when there's literally no depth <laughs> at QB? Like... Well, Jake, Jacob Eason could come in, I suppose. Um, 
bit of an eye-raising decision here for mine to sit Giovanni Bernard with the news that his other Bengals mm. running back, who he invested in quite heavily in the draft, um, Joe Mixon, didn't play. But this is precisely the reason why we have the max points system in place for the bottom half of the league, so that this doesn't actually affect um, his overall points for record at the end of the year. Um, I will say on a positive note for the DFF, he is at least able to unleash the next Gronkowski in the league in Cole Komet. So that was exciting to see the big fella go about his work with two big receptions on the on the day, taking his tally up to five for the year. So we'll keep a keen eye on that going they forward. Were, they were good receptions. <laughs> just just noticing a, a tone drop in your voice here as, as the two commissioners. Is there an integrity issue here that you're sort of getting at with the DFF? I brought this up when we were chatting uh, at the corner bar the other day to, to Steph that that is some serious uh, alarm bells there when you're sitting a starting running back on the week. I don't think he genuinely knew about the max points is how the, the bottom six is determined. I think he thought that just not securing a win all season, like in the NFL, will shore up his number one pick there. So it, it ultimately doesn't have any bearing on... Um, on where he'll sit in the standings. But, yeah, it's not a good look. Come on. You've got to lift a bit here, I mean, Tanky. Not, not exactly chock-packed with running back depth as well. Like, he started Hunter Renfro. I mean, yeah, let's, let's start Gio Bernard. Um, anyway, just a word of warning there. Feel free to start <laughs> better players. Um, but enough about the DFF. Let's move on to the Park City Lions quickly. Um, and now for mine, they're in a very intriguing spot. We did kind of flag this last week. If they did get the win, they moved to four and three. And just point differential away from that wildcard spot at the moment. So very, very interesting to see how they go about their business in the next couple of weeks. Um, with that said, obviously, he does face, you do face, Ben, a tough six-week stretch here as we go into the divisional matchups for the next six weeks. Um, against that strong Bo Callahan division. But the good news is the fate, your fate will be resting your own hands, which is good. Um, some encouraging signs for you, mate. Uh, Baker looked a lot better this week, I thought. Um, and you could argue that the Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Duble is about as potent and as dangerous as there is currently in the league. Um, and just, just in summary, I, I just think your team's very intriguing. Um, in kind of in, in terms of what you're going to do going forward for the rest of the year um, and, and how you're going to kind of go about that. So did get this one right in terms of prediction. I did correctly predict the Park City Lions, so get around me. Um, and moving on to a... a you mean a, you correctly predicted the DFF to lose? That's kind of what uh, you're predicting in the end, isn't it? Uh, I, I backed you in. Um, moving on to the next game, which I did not get right, was the Gym City Stallions, 103.12. Um, got pretty handily beaten here by the Johnny Unitas haircuts, 156.14. Uh, moving... they got to be the, the, don- the Gym City donkeys, don't they? <laughs> At one and Gym six, City. they're, they're the furthest City. thing from a stallion. <laughs> That's a really good point. <laughs> yeah, it's like the Gym City goats or something. Um, but I will start with the positives here for Jim, which is that he didn't have a... He got up, I reckon... 3, 3.30, 3.45, check the lineup, no outs. So good on you, Jim. That's a good start, mate. Um, good looking lineup this week. I think you're a bit unlucky, to be honest, with with the whole Raiders situation, their offensive line with Josh Jacobs. Um, so 
they had a tough matchup to start with, but didn't get much out of him. Um, but I will say the beauty of Dynasty and that, that playoff system is Jim's one and six, but he's he's only 70 points behind our current six seed in Papa um, with the points for kind of system getting you into the five and six seed. So whilst Jim's record isn't flash, if he just concentrates himself on scoring well, he's still a chance there. 70 points over the next six weeks, not unattainable to kind of leap up and grab that six seed if, if all things go equal. So We'll see what happens there. Moving on to the sensible haircuts, and gee whiz, his performances have been a lot sharper and some clean-cut victories since the barbers have reopened here in Melbourne. We did predict that and uh, coming to fruition at the moment. Credit to him, though. He just keeps getting it done with hardly any help from his running back position, and it's going to be another issue for him this week. But guys like Greg Ward, Christian Kirk, Marquez Galloway, these kind of guys are getting it done for him at the moment. Um, and I suppose that the real question is, can he sustain that going forward? The QB room for Manny is looking really good with Wilson and Burrow. I reckon probably number two on that list of dangerous double QBs um, at the moment. And no doubt he'll be excited and itching to get Michael Thomas back if that does happen. And don't forget, he does have Cortland Sutton. I know he's out for the year, but geez, he's got some talent that's been missing all year as well. So he's another one that's right in the hunt for a playoff berth uh, for the remainder of the year. Oh, just, just the viewership needs to stay tuned on the, the EDL pod Insta page. I, I feel this might be something juicy on there later today. Oh, around good the tease. Haircuts. Um, yeah, but we'll move on to the Bayside Executioners. Putting up a 159, moving to 5-2 and two over Papa's Punishers, 118. I incorrectly predict this one, but I, I don't. We're not doing predictions anymore, boys, are we? Didn't get that one out, did I? <laughs> no, no need there. It was. Um, let's be honest. There was a battle between the two sadists here, and and one came out on top, which is unusual. Normally, uh, normally this bloke is starfish and on the bottom, but that's that's a whole other topic we won't dive into. The uh, the much maligned aging quarterback room actually held. More than their own here. It was the skill positions who didn't show up for the punishers. Cup and Chark continue to disappoint. Kelsey had an unusually quiet game, but so did the Chiefs. You, you see a 43 on the scorecard. You don't expect the fantasy scores um, that came out of there. And Jono Smith was a non-factor in his return from injury. Um, so speaking of injuries... Carson getting hurt early uh, was pretty unfortunate for Papa, but I don't think it would have made too much difference. Um, and that's, quite frankly, just what's happening in the year of the scoot. And that's, that's what he's, uh, he's putting the moz on everyone. Speaking of scoot, he finally succumbed to the years of pain being a Cowboys fan. He, he has put his guillotine to proper use. He sliced up all his merch and he is officially a Packers fan after how kind last week was to him. It tilted heavily in Scoot's favour with Papa um, losing Aaron Jones for the matchup, and then Jamal Williams comes in and slots into a 20-point burger. But it was Devontae Adams who really stole the show with 38 points, um, which we've become used to over the years. Him and Rogers just go on a tear um, from time to time. Uh, Scoot won all, all the head-to-head matchups we detailed last week on the episode. And uh, it's, yeah, healthy 5-2, and two, as mentioned before, whilst the Punisher's window may be closing in front of his weary eyes. We'll see how this one plays out. 
And the matchup of the week, it was um, OJ's legal team who came out on top here, 157, moves to five and two and, and drops the prestige to five and two with a 137. Uh, again, incorrectly predicted. That's four in a row, I think, I've missed here. Um, but not much from all the quarterbacks in this one. It was it was the skilled players who set the game apart. And I didn't love the matchups for Jake last week um, compared to Matt's, but I, it didn't matter here. It's, it just speaks to the strengths of number one's team. Most of his players are matchup proof. Uh, and look, last week, Jake politely asked us not to refer to his fantasy gods in any way, shape or form. So being the very respectful man that I am, I will devote the next minute of his review to the holy molies. <laughs> now I'm going to ignore the concerning stinky showing of Zeke and the loss of OBJ early in the game, which gave him zero points because that's just not the spirit of what this is all about here. The gods intervened all mightily in this one. Lockett erupted for a six-year career high of 45 points. 20 targets. That's more in one game than DJ Moore's had all season there, Kenny. Don't you agree? <laughs> oh, the look on his face. Don't bring me into this. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of, speaking of DJ Moore, that's partly not even his fault because Teddy, I have no idea what the 40-second play clock means Bridgewater. He is woeful watching that Thursday night game against the Falcons. Like seriously, you have one job as a quarterback: get the get the play in and get on with it. And um, and how can we ignore the brain fart himself? Going back to the fantasy gods, Todd Gurley. We would have all seen the footage of Matt Ryan explicitly telling him, "Go down, don't score a touchdown." But no, the fantasy gods step in and remind Gurley that Jake needs this touchdown purely for fantasy purposes. Uh, only, only maybe some cash incentives for Gurley, but it's definitely more um, for Jake's benefits. But um, I'm continuing the notion that Jake's kissed on the dick by some floating halo tops above. So it's an ice cream. <laughs> it is. Kissed uh, on Matt, the dick. Matt... Is that a ice cream? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> That's... I don't know what ice Low cream. What ice cream you're munching on, mate? Low calorie chocolate chip. <laughs> <laughs> Munch it on. <laughs> uh, Matt would have expected a little more from Josh Allen uh, in this matchup against the Jets. He has definitely come back to earth after scoring 30 points per game in the first month. Uh, he's had 16, 15, and 16 in the last three weeks. Um, and Matt's depth is definitely getting a little tested now uh, with Eckler and Sanders still out and Andrews on a bye. Uh, the rookie runners, Robbo and Gibbo, Built in very nicely, but the rest of the squad didn't step up. And and here's a fun fact. <laughs> I was not aware that the Red Rifle was a vegetarian. Not one catch for lamb last week. That is, that's some of your finest. Oh, I'm waiting for the tumbleweed. No, no, that's good. No, that's fantastic. That's C keen like. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> this should be, this podcast should be the whistleblowers. Fair income. <laughs> And uh, apparently, and this is the last one, you might enjoy this one as well, Katie, that apparently the Prestige Worldwide, they only do things in streaks this season. They won five on the trot to start the year. He's now lost two in a row. So there's another streak. And from all reports, after the dual position gate last week, it's believed that Thais 
may have streaked down the Frankston foreshore in protest of that ruling. Does anyone confirm or deny this? Did you see any <laughs> league news floating around? Maybe, maybe the Instagram page caught it. I don't know. Might be footage. Might be footage of that. But yeah, uh, yeah it's an interesting, interesting run that his team's going on of late. We'll have to wait and see how he bounces back. This week, uh, we'll we'll finish on the prediction records here, and there's a new leader in town with Hod going zero and two, and me going two and zero again. Uh, starting this season zero and two, I've jumped up to eight and four on the season. Hod is sitting at seven five, and Keeney just tickling the door of uh, a five hundred prediction season at five and seven. There. That's the power of love. All right, and our power rankings for week seven. There's been a bit of movement. In fact, a lot of movement. There's only two people that have stayed the same here. But, uh, Keeney, why don't you start us off with the bottom four? Yeah, the bottom third coming at you live. Uh, you did mention there's been quite a, quite a lot of movement here and not a lot of consensus with any pick, really. But there was one player that's had absolute consensus and that is the number 12 ranked DFF with everyone just slotting him in last. And it's hard, it's hard to ignore that 0-7 record for young Thomas. So he sits in at number 12. Number 11, a debutante at number 11. The Jim City Stallions falling to 1-6 and six on the season. Um, goes in at number 11. Number 10, the San Diego Demons drops a couple of spots from 8-10 to 10 this week. Uh, and rounding off the bottom four is the Grouse, who finally gets off the bottom two kind of slot and moves his way up to number nine. So the big mover and shaker of, of the group moving up to there. There's a bit of movement. Do you reckon? There's... Do you reckon Jim's record is starting to influence a bit of the power rankings here, dropping to eleventh? He's sitting at one and six, the second worst record, and for the first time, he's sitting second bottom now. Yeah, for yeah, sure. So don't, I, don't all speak I, at once. No, no, I, was, <laughs> I, no, I tend, I tend to agree with that because his, his, um, his max points. So if we're going off, um, kind of how the draft's going to be formulated towards the end of the year, he's actually got, um, a higher max points than Scoot, for example. So yeah. his max points are higher than Scoot, um, higher than Manny, higher than Newben, higher than me. So he's actually, he's had a bit of, um, he's been a little unlucky. I think he's better than one and six, but he, he needs to um, pick the right players to start, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there were there were two matches that he could have swung into a victory column if he had have just not fallen in past 3.30 a.m. So he could have easily been, what, three and three. and three. So, yeah, interesting. No, that doesn't even add up. Three and four? I don't know. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Um, but no excuses this week for Gemma because we're, we're back to five o'clock. So... Mm-hmm. Happy days, Jim. Have a sleep in. The Jim City early birds. Um, <laughs> but it just speaks again to how everyone does rank these teams differently. But I think that's where the points scored um, should prevail there for Jim. He's a bit lower than probably what he should be. But, geez, it's good to see the grouse rising. And for some reason, his camera is facing the roof at the moment. I'm not sure what's going on there. <laughs> But uh, I'll, I'll head up the second quad, third route. Uh, we've got the, the Johnny Unitas haircuts. Uh, he's actually moved down a spot after a nice little showing. Uh, not sure what's going on there. The Park City Lions uh, jumped up 
two spots to the seventh position. You just Pumped. you just need to beat the DFF and everyone gets excited about it. Exactly. It yeah. Pumps everyone up. Good old recency bias. Poor Steve. Poor Steve. Wow, we <laughs> oh boy. Uh and Pappas punishes. Uh, top half. Um, that's the only encouragement I can give. He's still in the top six, but he's moved down one. And the straight cash homies after sneaking a win has moved down one as well. So I'm not not sure what time of the day or what volume of alcohol these rankings are being done by. But anyway, mine definitely don't reflect these. Ben, the top thirdrant. Top thirdrant. Here we go. Yeah, there's some interesting movers and uh, who this bloke here has moved up two spots to just put himself in at number four. And that's the Bayside Executioners have jumped up there from six last oh, week. I see what's happened. Scoots hijacked. He's put in phony email addresses and he's done every power ranking himself. <laughs> Yeah, it was weird this week. Like I looked at everyone's rankings and it was the, it was uh, Scoot's email address for every single person it looked like. So I don't know what was going on. People are just typing in it accidentally. Who knows? Sitting uh, number three is the old humdingers. They've moved down a spot. They got that taste of top two life and then that was just quickly taken away when they produced a, a lowly 102 for the week. Um, I will say though, Hod, that you were the only other person to get a number one vote from a few teams this week. So I'm not sure. Apparently you scoring 102 didn't scare away a few people from thinking you're the top team. So interesting there how people approach the power ranking. Sitting at number two, it seems to have been what most of the season has been like. So he's jumped back up two spots after dropping to fourth last week was the Prestige Worldwide. And, of course, the bloke who suggested the power rankings in the first place, cemented at the top there, hasn't changed again, is OJ's legal team. Oh, I said it with all due respect. That, no, that doesn't mean you get to say whatever you want to say to me. Sure, you, sure as heck does. No, no, it doesn't it's mean that. It's in the Geneva Convention. Look, Look it up. Not- so we're in the preview stage, and my goodness, does this start to get interesting. The way that we have shaped this season with the final six games of the year being all divisional games, so it pretty much means that anything can happen from this point on. This is where the season really starts to shape up here. So, Hod, kick us off with your first two previews. Spot on, Benny. Um, we've got yourself uh, up four and three, up against a fellow four and three in this sensible haircuts here and the quarterbacks definitely favor Manny here he's got two great matchups and and Ben's got a couple of tough ones for Lamar and Herbert but I'm not going to really preview too much here because I don't I don't know how to do it I've, I've come up with a new nickname for Manny it's topical uh, given his team name but he is now known as the wig because he has a different bloody haircut every week. I really don't know how to predict Manny's squads. It's the old-fashioned, summertime are they good, summertime are they shit. <laughs> so based on a completely, based on nothing this week, I think they might get the job done and uh, get the chockies over the Park City Lions, unfortunately, Ben. That's all right. Um, You've been that, 0 and 4 in the last two weeks, so that, that fills me with And that's ba- that prediction is based on absolutely nothing. So, um, <laughs> Pretty much like this to- entire pod, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, the Grouse, 3 and 4, but rising against Pappas Punishers, 4 and 3. Now, there is a little more to this matchup than possibly meets the eye. 
Keeney has not been shy about expressing Papa's ageing win-now window versus Keeney's futuristic approach. So it would be a true talking point if this time next week both squads are four and four in the division. Ooh, juicy. Look at Keeney. Jeez, he's happy. And the, the irony of this would be epic. Can Papa's most hated sportsman of all time, Carson Wentz, bring home the win for Keeney against Papa's very own Dallas Cowgirls? This could be an absolute double dagger to the heart of Papa. We've got Aaron Jones out again, which um, obviously hurts his squad, but it's, it's a double banger because AJ Dillon might get a run this week. There's a sighting on his starting position, but we'll just wait to see if that stays true. Keeney's up to his usual tricks. I can see it. But uh, Carson is a game-time decision. Um, he, he's just a war horse, that bloke. He gets a new injury every week, but keeps fronting up. Uh, and Keeney is stacking as many 49ers against this woeful Seahawks D as he can, which uh, might be a great strategy. And dare I say it, I'm going to predict the risers to knock off Papa and send the Punishers into an emergency mid-year review. Spill. Spill. There's silence here because Keeney's just celebrating. As, some, as, someone who's, as someone who's watched Keeney um, get his hopes up time and time again with his sporting teams, namely the <laughs> Melbourne Demons, this has got every... This has got the Melbourne Demons written all over it. Just getting your hopes up, up against a foe. It's a win now type philosophy. It could absolutely shape the season. This screams of an absolute letdown game for Keeney here. And that's... Uh, <laughs> I just, go, if, the if, if, <laughs> go the Dears. If, go the uh, Dears. Yeah, if, if Keeney is, is following trend of any team that he goes for, and this is the team that he's probably now most invested in is the Grouse... It's an absolute letdown game alert here, I reckon. What do you think, yeah. Keeney? Yeah, I'm, I'm praying to every fantasy god I know. Um, <laughs> well, there's, there's only no a few. And give Jake a call. Yeah, I'll, I actually might get in touch with Jake. I know yeah. he knows. He's currently he knows hogging all of them. <laughs> and I will, I will reveal that uh, there'll be a couple of taxi squad elevations this week from the grouse. And I'm very excited. <laughs> hey, hey, is that is that a taxi for me? That's a taxi. Hail it! I'm telling you, Papa Tua will be making his grouse debut this week. Ooh. He's coming in. He's coming in. I trust him. I reckon he has to be better than Fitz, otherwise they wouldn't be playing him. I just, I'm excited. I'm getting him in. How's the uh, how's the irony here that? I think for the first time all season that a taxi squad player will come straight off the taxi squad into the starting lineup happens to be against Papa who forgot that a taxi squad even existed when he was drafting. And uh, Keeney, I have got a soundbite for you, just how confident you are this week when I said, do you think you'll get the chocolates? And this was your response. Yes, sir. <laughs> I've had that one sitting there for a while. Been I'm waiting for you. I'd say it's a unanimous conclusion that I'll win. Um, <laughs> Shit, I can't even remember where that one is. This is the first real one that we haven't, I haven't got to a conclusion, a unanimous conclusion. But anyway, how <laughs> I got that, didn't get that one out, did I? <laughs> oh, dear. 
That never gets old. It will never get old. He even referenced us again in his video this week and said, there's another podcast out there that, that uses my sound bites. So those are uh, those six minute videos that he puts out. I think in his head, he thinks it's a podcast now. <laughs> Very interested. Mm, it's bizarre. <laughs> All right. Let's think, keep going. Um, yeah. Okay. Oh, Moon, go, but go. Uh, Lamical alert as well, boys. Oh, a double honker. As well. Oh, Lamical. All right. Let's move on to the San Diego demons here at two and five versus the hum dingers at four and three. You need to win this, Hod. I think you, although you don't really because your division stinks, but um, you'd like to win this one and just just pretty much sew up a, a playoff spot if you win this, really. Is this 1v2? 1v2? It is. It is, oh, but God. I think they're tracking in different directions. The poor Camo, I mean, I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. The poor bloke's averaging 145 points a game against this year, which is clearly number one in the league. I did mention there was some whispers in the grapevine that he's looking to looking to move some parts, so that could help you if he does uh, do a few trades this week, Hod. Um, I will say it's a nice time to get in, though, Hod. The first time Camo's had to play with just the one QB in his lineup this week, so nice little break for you there with Deshaun Watson on by. And here we are in week eight, and poor Michael Gallup is a is a uh, is a sit for Camo here with Big Ben the Big Ben the second at QB, Big Ben Danucci. <laughs> So, <laughs> I feel so bad for all Dallas supporters. That's going to be fun to watch. Um, I did I did think there could be a little bit of a bump for Julio the rest of the way, but I think the Calvin Ridley news looks like it's, he's going to be okay. But big CMC should be back next week in the lineup for Hod. So just one more week, you're just going to have to roll out without him there. Um, and maybe Mike Davis just gets a little sit after that. Um, but both teams here, I think have quite a few out, but unless we see a, a bit of a Paddy Mahomes explosion against the Jets, um, which I kind of don't think will happen. I think if they win big, they'll, they're likely to be pretty conservative and I don't think he's going to throw for five or six touchdowns, put it that way. Um, but if we don't see that, I just don't see Camo penetrating the 120 barrier against the Dingers. Um, and, I'm going to give the, and I'm going to give the tip to the Dingers in this one. Oh, oh wow. A double banger at the end there. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I couldn't uh, I couldn't work it in the one sentence. So yeah. <laughs> you did mention CMC and I am watching Mike Davis. He is definitely running out of a little steam uh, <laughs> yeah. at the moment. And I don't know if you guys saw it, but there was almost the butt fumble version <laughs> 2.0. He just got yeah. flattened by one of his linemen. Yeah. I like how, Keeney, in your review, um, you talk down the potential for Mahomes this week. Is that almost in hope that you're talking Lamical into existence in your starting lineup? Uh, no, I actually want the Chiefs to go really well. So I think Lamical will just get junk. <laughs> That's the reason I want to start him. I think he's going to be there. Yeah, I think he will down, so I'm hoping he gets like eight receptions, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, good. I think good sign for you, Hot, is that that offense in Carolina looks pretty pretty legit, and it looks like they're. I, I think they're an above average team, even though their record probably doesn't suggest it. So they slot CMC back in there, which you're right. They need him to to take over Mike Davis, and um, I think people forget how good CMC is. Um, you're also failing. He, last year he scored thirty a game, basically, or yeah. twenty five a game. You're failing to He's mention in good. this matchup, Keeney, that we've already had the Thursday night game, and odds walked away with a fifty. 0.64 in what was it Julio Robbie Anderson Mike Davis and Matt, Matt Ryan. Ryan so yeah more players it's, look, but it's... but a decent 
decent return yeah, from those four. A, a, a fair start for you, Hyde, and I think, yeah, points in the bank is always good um, against a team who is pretty light on this week with a few buyers and a few injuries. So certainly, um, I think you're certainly pretty strong favourites to win that one. Second game, this is an absolute ripping game. OJ's legal team at five and two against the Bayside Executioners also at five and two. This one's big. Um, obviously, the winner will, will go to either the one or two seed after eight rounds. Pretty um, pretty stiff not to get matchup of the week, this one. Ab- absolutely. I, I thought it could have been, but we've obviously got another one. There's there's two really nice matchups this week. Um, I just think, is Jake up, up against it this week, potentially? I mean, I think the talking point out of this matchup is just some of the names that are missing for the OJ's legal team. Odell, obviously, out for the year, which is tough. Zeke in this Bendinucci offense is um, a bit of an issue, but, you know, it's still Zeke, but he just hasn't been playing that well. Ridley will wait and see. He should be okay. Hopkins is out this week. Cooks is out this week as well. And Drew Locke, even though he's not starting, um, has not been great this year. And I believe he's... I think you guys were saying before the pod kicked off that he's actually the number 32 ranked or last ranked QB in the league this year. So um, not great signs for, for Drew Locke in Denver at the moment. Um, also, some more good news for Scoot in this matchup too. He hasn't got him on the field at the moment, but Alan Robertson's been cleared of the con- out of, coming out of the concussion protocol. So it looks like he's going to play as well. So a little bit of a boost for Scooter there. And with that, I think Minnesota will not be able to, just, uh, to stop Devontae Adams for a second straight week. And I think the Bayside executioners will squeeze out a win against OJ's legal team. Ah, oh, I, oh, I, I love what you're doing oh. with these predictions. Very good. Well, we'll move on to my two matchups this week. And um, you could not have more polar opposite expectations for two matchups, I reckon. I've, I've coined a new, a new game of the week, and that's the stinker of the week in this one. <laughs> which is the Gym City Stallions at 1-6, taking on the DFF at 0-7. That's right. In seven weeks, these two teams combine for one win. Um, but you know what? With the Thursday night game in the book, Jim's already had Curtis Samuel dropping 19.4. And I kind of think that's all she wrote for this matchup here. Um, Jim really just needed one player to have a good week to be in the box seat for this one. And he probably wouldn't have predicted it to be Curtis Samuel. So I think that's all we need to know for this matchup. Um, Because when you come up against the DFF, you may as well get into limbo mode because it's a real low bar, boys. Wow. Yeah. That's a up. (laughs) But but to be honest, when, uh, when the sleeper app, itself quotes there's no reason to start Darnold unless you absolutely have no other options uh (laughs) this could not have been more tailored a comment for the DFF with Jacob Eason as his only QB sitting on the pine um if I'm the DFF I'm probably just starting any skill position player over Darnold here like let's be honest he has absolutely stunk it up He's probably reeling that he didn't stash old Ben Danucci on his taxi squad like old Papa. Um, but there's not really any confidence to start Donald in this matchup here. He hasn't shown anything, but he's got no backups either. So, Jim, sleep in as much as you want this week. It's a 5 a.m. start, but don't worry about it. You could have five blokes on your on your starting lineup <laughs> that are all late, late outs. Um, and I think you'll still win comfortably. So... 
yeah, pr- my prediction I wrote here is: Do I seriously have to? Do I seriously have to do this? Of course, it's the uh, Jim City Donkeys that are going to get up to two and six this week over the DFF. But that does bring us to our matchup of the week, where I can play the proper matchup of the week. And that is the 5-2 and two Prestige Worldwide taking on the 5-2 and two Straight Cash Homies. What a matchup. Uh, tied with the best records in the league. Their teams have been uh, some of the best scoring teams in the league. And it's brother versus brother. That always just gives it. And that's where Scoot and Jake were a little bit stiff to miss out here because that extra juice just went to the brotherly matchup in the Prestige Worldwide. So we could call it the Brother Bowl. I don't know what would come up with whatever name we want, really. We've got the Packers against the Vikings this week as well, just to add extra juice. It could uh, it could be a disappointing week for one of these two out of this. So um, in the words of the ultimate pessimist himself, the Prestige Worldwide, they've already put a line through this season, apparently, I've heard. And who would have thought it would take a couple of injuries? That's all it took for Matty Max lineup. And he's just said, nah, put a fork in me. I'm done. Um, and, and if that's the case, if that's all it, it takes to put a line through a team for the season, I think Manny would have packed up shop a while ago. Um, Jake's probably packing up shop too, because apparently like injuries just don't exist in the NFL um, unless they're happening to the worldwide. So he won't like me saying that. But mate, seriously, get your shit together. Injuries happen. You prepare for this stuff. Don't give us the whole double negative, oh, I'm done for the season and blah, blah, blah. Just put your best lineup in. But saying that, best lineup in for the Prestige Worldwide. Boys, I want you to tell me who would you start if I posed these two players for you? Would you start Justice Hill or Lynn Bowden? And just just so you know, Justice Hill, he he's a running back for Baltimore. Lynn Bowden is a running back for Miami, if you didn't know that. But of those two, who, who would you take, Hod? Uh, I'd probably go Justice Hill with Ingram out. Maybe he gets one snap or two. Well, yeah, that's nice. And Keeney? Yeah, there's not a whole lot between them. I'd be tempted to start Austin Eckler in case one of them fumbles. <laughs> just just take the zero, the comfortable the zero. Z's. I'm posing this question because with Miles Sanders being out, this is, this, this is what Matt is faced with um, at his running back starting position, but uh, both of you were incorrect. The correct answer was um, Matt's going to try and find a way to start Robert Tonyan as he's running back this week. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Too soon. (laughs) See that too soon. Sorry, Matt. (laughs) Oh, wow. You've gone Um, there. He's still streaking down the foreshore. What are you doing? (laughs) Now, look, I think that this one, it, uh, it hopefully will be a close matchup. I think that the straight, Cash Homies has some better matchups. Matt obviously dealing with the first few injuries that he's had to face this season. I think once again, Kamara and uh, Kyler will do a lot of the heavy lifting for the straight Cash Homies. And I am seeing some cashing in from Timos here to get a, a victory. Did you like that? <laughs> it wasn't really that much. It was, it was, it was okay. <laughs> well, on that note, we're back. Ow, my balls! That is correct. Give us your balls, Hod. Speaking of balls, this one 
sort of features in because it's OBJ. His time oh, has come Jesus. to an end. <laughs> See what I did there? Where's, uh, where's the effects? I, I don't yes, know. It's, it, it is sad news. Um, Not a probes. One of the stars of the game um, going out for the year with an ACL. But there's just some alarm bells here um, and will be for Jake being a third round pick for him. But um, there's, there's a, some rumours that Baker has struggled to cope with the demand that OBJ has of his quarterback. Um, and he was 0 for 5 with an interception and OBJ went down and he had a perfect quarterback game with five touchdowns and a bunch of yards and barely missing a throw. So I just wonder what, if there's anything to that, if it's freed up the offense a bit, but also if you want to get down to numbers, our numbers guru here is dug up some and the Cleveland Browns will save themselves Six is a sixteen million next season if they yeah, cut 15, ties yeah. with OBJ with with no dead cap money. So he could be a casualty, and I don't think there's a trade there for another team. I don't think they'd want to soak up his remaining couple of years when they can just let him be cut and pick him up on a new deal. So just just a little uh, keep the eyes open, eyes and ears open around this one. And Ben, you you've had him before, um, yeah, you know. No, look, I think it's uh, – I hate saying it because I absolutely loved this bloke when he played for the Giants, but it's a little bit of fool's gold at the moment with Odell. Um, if you get his stats up and you actually look at it, one, the chance of this guy playing a full season is pretty rare. He's done it twice in his career, and he's had some pretty serious injuries. His stats, I mean, go to his first three years in New York. He had 1,300 yards and 12 TDs on 12 games. That's insane in his rookie season. Then he goes 1,400 yards and 13 TDs in a 15-game season. Then he plays his first full season in his third year, has 1,300 yards and 10 touchdowns. Now, that's, that's unbelievable for a start to a career. It's probably one of the best starts you could ever have to a career. Then that's when he starts to have his issues and he has a four-game season only puts up 300 yards, three touchdowns. His final season in New York, he plays 12 games. He has 1,000 yards, but only six touchdowns, which is pretty low compared to what he started his career. Then he goes to Cleveland, has a full season, gets just over 1,000 yards, four touchdowns, and then in seven games this year, 300 yards and three touchdowns. It's not what you want from a bloke that you're putting all your eggs in that basket for. So I think if they're going to save money, if they can trade him, they'll do it. If they can save money on cutting him, I think their offense looks better without him. And he is the type of player now after how he started his career that he does command the ball. And for a young QB, it's that's not what you want. You want them to be confident to spread the ball around the field and not feel like they're constantly disappointing someone by not targeting them. Yeah, just the final one, It's um, their two highest paid players are the two receivers. And it's just ironic given Stefanski's a running coach and he's inherited those contracts so i just wonder what how they he approaches that moving forward as well with landry and and beckham yeah i but can't yeah. see it staying that way under his watch well you That's did say the, you did say offline ben that beckham's taken one good catch in his career and he's overrated so just want to throw that out to the listeners that he's yeah, turned on him very quickly I did say he's that. moved on I haven't moved on. I've got. A, I'm sitting here with an Odell Beckham signed helmet and a little figurine of him catching that ridiculous catch. Um, I don't think that did well for his ego. 
is is the point I'm making. I think he he would have had a pretty nice career if he didn't get all that attention so quickly in his rookie season. But so anyway, if if that was incomplete, he'd be a star. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't what a, what a sliding he, doors moment. <laughs> I, I think he somehow would have garnered some attention in yeah. some way, whether it was a houseboat party or some <laughs> punching, other hole punching holes in walls. Anyway. And on that note, let's uh, finish up for the week. Thanks to everyone for tuning in for another episode and listening to the EDL pod, which is just starting to become a bit of a mainstay for a few people. Looking at the stats, we've got people in Peru jumping on, people in America, (laughs) people in the UK. For all I know, they're accidentally typing in the word empire and clicking on this and going, (laughs) what the hell is this? And that counts as stats, but I'm going to take them. I'll take those stats. What were you going to say, Hod? Did you... Did Keeney, did you just say Everest in Peru? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but that being said, Hod did tease it out before. Jump on Instagram and Twitter at EDL Pod. There's some nice little memes just popping up there regularly. And uh, and boys, can you feel that? Things are starting what? to heat up around here. It's getting quite warm. Uh, with nothing but divisional games left on the season, I think it's going to be fascinating to see how these divisions shape out. I think that right now we sort of have a consensus top six in our power rankings, but I'm going to make an outlandish prediction that at least two of those teams are not making the playoffs. Ooh, Ooh that is that scorching is, take. Any final spicy. thoughts there, Keeney? Well, my first final thought was I thought that Ben said we got listeners from Nepal. Um, Hod, so that's why I mentioned Mount Everest. I, I know. <laughs> uh, just and just closing. Apologies to oh, my geography is terrible. Um, we've got actually every division number one and two in each division are playing off against each other this week. So big mover and shake around this week. So looking forward to it. Good luck to everyone. Absolutely. Now it's been a pleasure, boys. Happy Halloween. Podcast over and out. Nay. <laughs> <laughs> what other sounds can I just drop in at the window? Classic day. I'm your donkey of the week, boy. Eeyaw. I always get, I always get Nepal and Peru mixed up. <laughs>